Hey, yo, what's up? It's your boy, sir, of the 2020 Podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And before you listen to this episode, I just got to let you know, I need you to stop what you're doing. Go to blkrenaissance.com, and I need you to shop for the culture. That's right. Anytime you use the promo code LLC20 at Black Renaissance Clothing's website, you will get 20% off your order. Off rip. No questions asked. So do me a favor and do it for the culture. Peace. Hey, this is KJ, and I have a question for you. When was the last time you got something nice for yourself? (laughs) That's what I thought. So why not visit www.theblurredsyndicate.com and get something that will help you express who you really are. They've got shirts, mugs, purses, mouse pads, and even aprons for the grillers of the family. So if you're a fan of anime, pro wrestling, or hell, even the Golden Girls, the Blurred Syndicate has got you covered. Also, if you use the code LLC20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order. So what are you waiting on? I got mine. Come get yours. And remember to join the BS. Hey, this is Butter So Fly of Powerlines Poetry here to let you know anytime I feel good, I have to look good. So you have to listen to me. Make sure you go to gurudesigns.com. Use a three instead of an E. The website is great. So you can get something for yourself. And then she makes custom clothes for men too. And guess what? I got a promo code for you. Use 20 slash 20 and it'll get you 15% off of any order, $25 or more. You can't beat that. Go to gurudesigns.com. Okay, we lit it just like a fuse, so no need to pick and choose. Welcome to 2020, where we do more than interviews. The hottest be coming through, jumping knowledge on all that you get. A bigger the front of you with the truth that they offer you. Yeah, hands up, we doing it for the culture. To give artists and businesses more exposure. Keeping the real and stay silent just like a boulder. It's about to go all the way down, can get no lower. Chasing my dreams, know that they get no slower. But if I stay running, I promise they getting closer. Moreover, success, my older. And if you're sleeping on me, I'm waking them up like folders. I told you, coming from the land with the tide roll. Well, we'll be on a whole different we like to ride slow and keep our windows tinted so you really can see us like Stevie Wonder waking up with his eyes closed. Yeah, got the kind of flow that rocked the boat. On my 16s of pounds of dope. And if you figure you can hang with me on the mic, then grab some rope. Matter of fact, better grab some hope while you at it. We keep it live, it's time to tune in. Turn up the sound on what you're using. It goes so hard, I think it's bruising. The show is 2020, no need to zoom in. Yeah. Well, what's up? It's your boy, sir, of the 2020 podcast, LLC. Please say the LLC. And today I have a special guest, Miss Moshe Donald. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderfully. I'm super excited to be here with you and just happy to talk to all your listeners. All right. Well, we will not uh, dilly dally. We will get straight to it. Moshe, you are running for district attorney of Mobile, Alabama. And I just just like I told you, I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak directly to those who tune in to my platform just as a way of giving back to you, because you were part of the reason that my podcast is an LLC from long, long, long ago. Long ago. Wow. (laughs) I just wanted to kind of give back to you and say, hey, come here and just speak and just do your thing. So, Moshe, 
let's just give people your background. Like, um, what is your history so far up to this point? Well, first of all, I really um, appreciate that. And, you know, it's, it's really critical that I'm able to spread my message and my platform by all means and any means. Um, so because, you know, commercials are very expensive. And so organically and just talking to people um, on the ground through podcasts and social media, this is um, super helpful for me to reach all of Mobile County, which is huge. I wish um, I had the map right here, but it's um, amazing how big it is. I didn't really know until I started running for office. But I am from Mobile, Alabama, born and raised in Tomanville. I went to Holloway Elementary School, went to Phillips Prep from middle school, and went to John D. John L. LaFleur High School. <laughs> so I'm a rattler. Okay. Um, from there, I went to Alabama A&M University in Normal, Alabama, which is a suburb, suburb of Huntsville um, that's only for A&M. We have our own city. And then I went to Vanderbilt University for law school. Um, I've always been a teacher at heart. So um, immediately after law school, I joined Teach for America. And I taught in Mobile. I came back to Mobile after law school and I taught elementary school in Pritchard for three years. Um, took the bar exam, passed the bar exam, and I've been practicing law ever since. And I've been a lawyer now for 10 years. Um, in my 10 years of practice, <clears throat> I've always, you know, kind of gone back and forth between juvenile advocacy and uh, just a love for the law. So it naturally led me to marrying both of those passions. So I have represented a lot of children. Um, I've represented a lot of mistreated, abused, and neglected children. I've been a prosecutor. I've been a public defender. And I've been a teacher. Um, I'm currently the city attorney for Pritchard, Alabama. Um, also counsel for Mobile Housing Authority. So I wear different hats, which allows me a diverse perspective for a diverse community. And that's what we need in the DA's office, a diverse and relatable perspective. Someone who's gonna be tough on crime, but also smart on solutions, because I understand the community, because I'm not afraid to come from behind the desk and get proximate to people so that you can understand in real life what people's issues are, so that you can be proactive, so that you can be preventative to work to prevent crime from happening before it happens. And I, I appreciate you coming from that standpoint. And I wanted to ask you this, with you being a woman of color from the background that we have been, you know, coming from Tomaville like myself, do you feel that gives you a unique perspective that other candidates may not have, in particular when dealing with this position? I definitely believe that it gives me a unique perspective because my, my journey is unique. My journey is my own. But my journey intersects with a lot of other people's journeys because I've always wanted to get close to people, to work on the ground, to, to be close to where the issues are so that I can understand the problem. And in so many situations, Black women, we are the fixers. We are the carriers. And, you know, sometimes that's not something that we ask for. That's not something that we volunteer for. It, it just is. And even if you look at voting numbers for amazing candidates like Stacey Abrams, Black women came out like crazy for her. Um, when, when there have been highly and hotly contested races, if you look at the numbers, 
um, black women have certainly made the difference. So as a black woman, I think that my perspective is just a collection of my lived experiences and the intersectionality that I have allowed myself because I care about people um, to other communities and not just in our community, in the black community or with black men and women, but also with the Hispanic community. You know, talk to Juan Torres, who is the founder of um, Belong, a nonprofit organization that was created to support undocumented immigrants and or in different areas, whether it's um, job or citizenship, whatever they need. I was volunteering with them in 2015 uh, for free. After I, you know, would get off work and leave the office, I would go to um, a location where they were to give legal advice, to give support, um, even just for homework, whatever I could do to help this community. Because when we as a community, whether black, white, Hispanic, Asian, when we as a community are strong and empowered, it makes Mobile County safer for everybody. Mm. And I care about all people. So me as a person with a big heart, I've just always kind of cozied up to where the problem is because I've always wanted to fix it. And that's why I'm running for DA because I identified that this is a space that has the most ability, the most proximity to the criminal justice system, the most control of the criminal justice system. This one person has the opportunity to make changes in the criminal justice system in no in ways that no other person can because the DA is in control of the criminal process from beginning to end. There's no other person who is in control or involved from beginning to end from arrest, arraignment, to indictment, to um, the discovery issues in trial, to plea bargaining, to the trial, to sentencing, to um, re-entry to parole. The DA is the person who is in control from beginning to end. And the prosecutorial discretion is so broad that if the DA decides, if this person pulls up to um, a homicide investigation and they look at the situation and say, you know what? I think this was self-defense. Then guess who never sees it? The judge never sees it. This mm. person it's arrested that I mean that that's power and that decision making and that discretion that's a human being who is capable of bias who is capable of giving preferential treatment or giving disparate treatment this is a person this is why a lot of people feel like the system isn't fair because the system is a decision maker it is a human being making decisions about what's fair and what's not fair what's right and what's not right based on their lived experiences and do you want a person who has lived experiences that butt up against a lot of different other people's lived experiences so they understand how people live and what really happens or do you want a person who has a linear experience and they live in a bubble and they don't understand what happens on the ground. So with you uh, running for DA, what are some examples of the changes you would like to see? You know, change isn't something that happens quickly. You know, we, we are a patient city. We understand that things take time. So what are some of the changes you would hope to implement as district attorney? I will implement diversion programs. We don't really have any diversion programs in Mobile County. If you look at other counties, even in the state of Alabama, there are diversion programs that work, whether it's for low-level nonviolent marijuana offenses 
or whether it's for veterans who have unique circumstances and unique issues that should be dealt with in a way that reflects, you know, some of their trauma. Um, and should also be respective of the fact that they have, um, you know, devoted their lives to protecting the United States. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people are not treated well. Um, so treating our veterans well, um, allocating resources where it makes sense. We have a backlog in Mobile County where people who were charged with murder in 2016 are just now going to trial. But a person who is caught with a joint goes to jail, can't make bond in some in some situations, lose access to housing, lose their jobs, and lose custody if they are the primary custodian and they can't get out of jail. That doesn't make sense to you know allocate resources to these low-level nonviolent offenses, especially when just you know a few miles away, hundreds of miles away maybe, but still states over where something that someone can lose their voting rights for here can be done in leisure or for profit mm -hmm. in a different state. But we have children in Alabama who are being murdered and murderers who are out on bond who go out and commit other murders. That is where our focus should be. I, I really feel in connection with you is the passion behind your words. So I really appreciate that, Moshe. And, and with you sharing those thoughts. So let me ask you, as the community, as a member of those who will be voting, how can we further support you? Let me just be real. In Mobile County, we have a serious voter disengagement issue, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm not the person that's going to say, you know, if you don't vote, you can't complain, blah, 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 because I understand that for some people, not voting is a stance, right? Mm -hmm. Not voting is a choice. But if I can, and, and, and this is not directly what you're asking me, but I really want to say this. If you paint the picture in this way, there are voter suppression laws that are created to make voting more difficult, right? So then people who may normally vote may say, you know what? They're not allowing votes after I'm off work, I can't go. Um, I can't get off for lunch, um, I can't go. Um, I've been waiting in this line too long. They've made it illegal now for somebody to bring me a bottle of water, I'm going home. They moved my precinct. I can't walk to my precinct anymore to go vote. I gotta get a ride. I don't have a ride, I'm not going, okay? So make it making it more difficult to vote. Then, choosing, grooming, and selecting very conservative candidates to run for office. And because voter suppression tactics are working, that means that these extremely conservative people who have you know, an ulterior motive for um, how society should be moving, um, they, they do get elected. And these people become legislators, okay? They create and enact legislation that is unfair or unjust or patently unconstitutional, like we're seeing some potential legislation from, I can't remember what state, but they are making any person assisting a woman in an abortion. Um, if, if you find out about that, or if you find out about the woman having the abortion, um, you can murder that person because you are defending the baby. Okay. Wow. 
this legislation, that's crazy, right? So what is our recourse as American citizens when we don't like laws or when we think they're unfair? We then say, okay, well, I'm going to file a lawsuit because I'm going to challenge the constitutionality or the fairness or the broadness or the vagueness or whatever of this statute. But then who do you get to? Who's making that decision, right? These are Trump appointees that are in place to make decisions on legislation enacted by conservative candidates who were voted in by people who whose votes were not suppressed. And then if you can't avail yourself of that level, you say, well, you know what? I'm going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. And what do we have? Mm. This is the danger of not voting. The danger of not voting is no matter what you do, decisions will be made. Will they be made by you or for you? So to answer your question, what people can do to help me in this race is to vote is to share my platform, is to give somebody a ride to the polls, is to register 10 people to vote. And then to follow up with them on November 8th and say, hey, you registered now, you gonna vote, what's up? So to just to boost that, that engagement, to boost a participation with the democratic system, because you know we are in a um, democratic republic, uh, we all have a voice. We we all have a vote, and so if if you don't vote, then um, you know there there are races that will happen, and nobody will run to challenge those people. I got in this race because I believe that there should be another person. There should be another candidate. I am the better choice because I am a person with a diverse perspective. I don't want murderers on the street either. I have a child. Mm -hmm. If you hurt somebody in Mobile County, you murder somebody, you rape somebody, you need to go to prison, period. And it doesn't mean that just because I'm black or because I'm a black woman that I'm just going to give people a pass. We all want to feel safe, but we still need to do what makes sense and we need to be fair about it. And I just think you cannot be fair if you haven't lived and walked with the people. That is a mouthful, Moshe. That is and very well said. Moshe, I thank you so much for taking time out of your night to do this interview. Um, absolutely. Oh, I want to add something too. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. I add that if people are looking for me, my name, the spelling is very unique. You can find me on Facebook and on Instagram and soon to be TikTok once I figure it out. <laughs> <It's up. laughs> I feel so old trying to figure out TikTok. But um, also, you can find me at www.moshe, the number four da.com. Moshe, the number four da.com. And on my website, you can get registered to vote. You can request a yard sign. We'll bring you a yard sign. Mm. Um, you can donate, which fundraising is critical. I'm, I'm raising um, money right now so that I can buy more signs, so that I can buy. Um, uh, commercial time, if I'm able to. Um, and so I, all of that is very helpful. But my website is a wealth of information. And I invite everybody to go on my website. 
All right. And in the description of this video, we will make sure to put the link Moshe for DA in the description. So make sure you click there. Make sure if you're a homeowner, please, 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 please make sure you get those signs because yeah. I've seen a, a few in the uh, the neighborhood and that's definitely big. You know, seeing is believing. So I would definitely want to be part of the vehicle behind you, Moshe. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. This is incredible. Thank oh, you so listen, much. The pleasure has been mine. And with that being said, I'll be definitely looking for you November 8th. And uh, this has been your boy, sir, Moshe Donald for District Attorney of Mobile, Alabama. We are out. Thank you. Hey, this is Mystique. This is Mr. Everlasting. And this is the safe word. Safe word. Y'all make sure y'all join us every first and third Friday of the month. Every month. We are in season three. Season three. Y'all already know what it is, man. Tap in.